this is the Genuine Optimist here today to do a little stream of consciousness, if you don't mind. <laughs> I want to talk about something that's been uh, on my brainstem for quite some time. It happens to be the battle between uh, rights and responsibility. And it's sad. It's sad that we have a division between those two words. Um, there's a there's an apparatus out there that's taking responsibility and really um, doing a lot of damage to it. And then there's another apparatus out there, a political apparatus, that's talking about liberty and patriotism, but they have not incorporated responsibility. And I want to talk about that division. I want to talk about that great divide in, in the world today and why the patriot movement, the liberty movement, um, they're doomed to fail. And I'm not a pessimistic. I'm an optimist, a genuine optimist. But a genuine optimist begins with clear meaning. A genuine optimist begins with the actual hope for a better world, meaning the foundation, the founding principles, the, um, um, the ideas that will actually make that happen. And uh, liberty as we see it today, uh, which is strictly individualism, uh, will not battle. It will not win if it uh, continues with uh, its same mantra. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Do you know what absolute zero is? Absolute zero is about 456 degrees below Fahrenheit, if I'm correct. That's what absolute zero is. It's not... Uh, zero on our Fahrenheit scale is 456 degrees below that. That's called absolute zero. Well, if you study a lot of uh, thermodynamics, uh, I'm a general contractor, so uh, I have uh, heating and air conditioning guys come into my homes and they put in HVAC systems. Well, heat pumps work on the uh, idea that you can actually extrapolate heat, which is light, from the air, and it could be 30 degrees outside, it could be 40 degrees, it could be 17 degrees. But you could theoretically, and basically this is what they do, they extrapolate heat from the outside and use it for the inside. As long as there's a degree of temperature above the Fahrenheit zero, or even if you imagine absolute zero of 456 degrees below Fahrenheit, even if you imagine that, there's still light out there. There's still energy vibrating at a, at a high rate. The colder and colder you get, the slower that vibration goes. There's just less vibration. There's less heat. There's less light uh, in the atmosphere to, to pull from. Well, imagine responsibility being kind of like that light. Imagine that it's a, it's a vibrant... Uh, situation and most of us enjoy the temperature around 76 degrees we love that comfortable temperature we love humidity maybe around 15 to 20 percent humidity a lot of us really like that range we're most comfortable uh, in that range some of us like more humidity some of us like um, a less some more heat less heat uh, and so there's a range. There's that huge, huge range. We, I, I, I would call that kind of the consciousness range. 
Well, there's a lot of talk out there about consciousness and rising consciousness and rising, rising awareness, but we never talk about what we are conscious of, what we are aware of. There are a lot of podcasters out there that are talking over and over again about uh, the awakening, uh, the patriot movement, the liberty movement, but they don't come together very well. They don't organize and as a result, they're limited in small little pockets. It's kind of like um, uh, there's no wood out there, and, but we all have a match. And so we're just lighting our match. But we really don't, don't come together with all that we have to create a, a roaring fire. And it's the roaring fire that it, it brings us all together into a camp where we're all getting warm and we all see each other as we are seen and we're, we're thriving. Patriots, liberty-minded people, they don't organize. Corrupt people do. That's our battle. The, the real challenge here is the fact that responsibility has been co-opted by um, those with so-called good intentions to solve problems in the world. Responsibility applies to both individuals and people. Culture is derived from responsibility. If you think about that, the only way a culture becomes strong and powerful is if it's founded on uh, responsibility. You could go back in the past and look at all great cultures, and they had an element of responsibility built with inside their culture. Rights apply to individuals. Uh, they do not necessarily generate applied liberty, meaning we, we don't apply our liberty just because we have rights. They can remain static, uh, inactive. And, and that's why the Patriot Movement is going to suffer. The only way the Patriot Movement ever does anything throughout history is if there's an extreme crisis, uh, if there's a, a real battle between oppression, censorship, and whatnot, then the Patriot Movement... Um, puts its boots on and bucks up and, and, and tries to make something happen. But in a time of prosperity or when things are just, just comfortable within that 76 degrees and it's perfect and it's balmy and it's you know 20% humidity, oh, they're, they're, they're comfortable. The only time the Patriot Movement ever does anything is when it's either too hot or too cold. And then they... They wrestle up uh, some forces and they come together. Well, the globalist movement, the globalist movement is just the opposite. They actually organize all the time. And they organize in good times. They organize in bad times. They're constantly organizing, uh, centralizing power, uh, working in, in secret, working in collusion. Uh, they have their cartels, their cabals. They have all the, these vehicles for organizing and they use intimidation and payback and bribery and um, um, they get people into uh, compromised situations. You know the, the story. They're always working in that fashion. And so patriots talk of, um, of volunteer free association and that's great, but they still never organize. And then the uh, kind of um, those the the those with uh, good intentions uh, you can call them globalists you can call them 
central planners, you can call them whatever you want to call them. Uh, they talk of doing good with universal solutions, uh, but they never work. So their solutions never work, but they're organized, but they're em em employing solutions that just don't work. Central planning, central uh, power structures are extremely political. They're, there's no free thought. There's no innovation. There's no uh, leadership at the most micro level. It's all deciding for you, and you have no agency with regard to choosing uh, or making decisions. So only in a centrally controlled collective can we save the world. I mean, that's the philosophy of that mindset. And they're, they're, they're moving their agenda, their progressive agenda, under the idea that they're taking responsibility. And that appeals to a lot of people. A lot of progressive mindsets appeal to the fact that they're going to make things equal and fair. They're going to take responsibility for that. So therefore, they're organizing, and they, they attract numbers, and they attract money and wealth. Uh, because they have a fundamental belief that humanity is born selfish, and so they're going to make it right. But again, they have that word responsibility that they bantered, that we're going to take responsibility and we're going to, we're going to make something happen. Uh, even though it's, it's corrupt and it's uh, centrally controlled and, and all that. Preserving individualism on the liberty side of thing means we can never collectivize or organize. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the biggest fallacy in the liberty movement today. The fact that we can't organize or we can't have a collective ourselves. And as long as we keep bantering about this idea of individualism without the ability to organize, we are going to lose the battle, lose freedom, and lose what we could achieve as a people. The consciousness the awakening, the enlightenment, the potential for re renaissance, it's all gone if we don't figure out how to organize. So how do we organize? We organize in successful ways that have come in the past. We organized by a decentralized, headless, common consent model. And I banter about this all the time. I think I'm the only podcaster out there talking about this. We have to organize in a collective that is uh, a common consent model where there is no head. And we've done it in the past. Many cultures have done it in the past. The Iroquois, the uh, Charter of Liberties, the uh, Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, all of these were created in, in a collective organized body where we reached consent, and the consent was the highest degree of agreement for all concerned. And every time you decentralize and you require people to work by common consent, where there's not just a majority, but there's a consensual agreement, uh, that's powerful. Yes, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's a heated battle of between those hot, hot temperatures and cold, cold temperatures. And when you bring those together and you mix them together, you create a vibrant dialogue. It's not just inactivity, authoritarianism, and it's not just pure-blooded 
individualism that's, that's so all over the place, there's, there's this opportunity to come together and create a, a, a vibrant mix uh, where innovation, ideas, everything is on the t- table. Classical liberals get to stand for, hey, let's get every great idea on the table. Let's hear everyone out. That's awesome. That's a classical liberal approach, not a leftist, globalist, central planning model. That's just a simple uh, consensual model on a classical liberal perspective. A conservative or classical conservative perspective is simply, uh, let's, let's make sure we conserve everyone's voice. Let's make sure we conserve everyone's vote in, san- in this same body. Let's not uh, uh, give any power to a central planner to decide for us. Let's just make sure we conserve that here. They're always conserving a value or a principle of some kind in the same body. They're never giving it away to uh, other bodies unless it's a small micro decision that is allowed by another representative outside their body and everybody is in agreement on that. That's the, that's the power of, of those two classical mindsets inside a body that's working by common consent. That's how we organize. But we've lost that. We've forgotten that. We don't see it's possible because sometimes we too think that uh, humanity is born selfish. But we're not. We're born good and we're born free. As long as you can hold true to those two concepts, we can uh, accomplish great things in the world. That's why I'm a genuine optimist. Because I believe that we're born good and we're born free. We're not born sinners and we're not born evil. We're not born selfish. We're not born uh, with rights. I don't believe we're born with rights. I think that we're born free and we're born good. We choose to exercise what powers we have. In a totalitarian world, uh, some people have a disadvantage because they don't have the opportunity to exercise their liberty as well as we would like. Uh, in a free society, we're born good and we're born free, but still do we choose to do great things? Do we organize with other like-minded people? Anyway, I, I, I've said a lot of what I wanted to say today, a little stream of consciousness, if you don't mind. And I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to help people understand that we can come together. And I will keep talking about this in other podcasts to come. I wanted to give people a little bit of hope that there is a better way to organize. And we have to start imagining that way to organize. No more CEOs, no board of directors, no more central planning on any level. You start locally and you come together and it could be a networking group. It could be a religious group. It could be a a foundation, whatever, but you come together and there are ways to do that where not one person will get control. And that's what we have to avoid because we don't know that one person. We don't know the the nature and quality of their heart and they can be very deceptive. I will be coming out with a book in uh, July of this year called uh, Fake Optimists, The Three People You Need to Fire and The Three People You Need to Hire. I will try to do my best to help everyone find and and real and see those genuine people apart from those political people. Uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about a lot in this next year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, check back again. Um, I will see you next week. This is the Genuine Optimist. A renaissance is coming.